0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Imagine a world where a goat, when presented with the opportunity to be transformed miraculously into a sheep, could do so just by embracing the offer extended by the one making the offer. Supernaturally, the goat would be instantaneously transformed into a baby sheep and cared for by the great transformer, Christ, the Savior, the King. Now listen, we're all born as goats. And as we'll see later in the scripture, the Lord, the judge, Christ the King will allow, and I want you to grasp this, He will allow each of us to enjoy or endure the path that we have freely chosen. Whether you're a sheep or a goat. A more difficult or poorer illustration of the text would be If a jeweler had a bag of jewels containing both diamonds and cubic zirconia and was separating them into two groups, one for use of jewelry and the other for disposal, well, this would actually be a poor illustration as the contents of the bags would have no choice in the matter to where you and I, we have a choice. You go, what do you mean? Well, what's the difference between a sheep and a goat?
1: It's one prayer. It's one prayer. In the scripture, however,
0: the sheep were once goats who have been, and this is the key word, transformed into sheep by an individual response to the calling of God's grace. You go, what do you mean? Well, I understand that there are some in the building that think, no, 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 see, once God has already predestined me, the sovereignty of God, I don't really have a choice, but the honest answer is yes, you do. You see, you can come and you can listen to a message. You can come and you can, and, and you can walk out of here without being transformed, without being changed. And you can look like a, a sheep. You can smell like a sheep and you could walk out these doors being a goat. So we got to see what we're talking about. Well, what do you mean? Well, the difference, the difference between a sheep and a goat is one prayer. Crying, calling out to God. So as we come to this portion of scripture, let me remind you what we talked about last week. Why? Because it ties into what we're going to talk about this week. If you recall, think about it for just a moment. We spent some time learning that we are all supposed to be about our Father's business while we wait. In other words, we should be. what should we be doing while we're here sick and while we're homesick? What are we supposed to be doing? This is what... Jesus told us last week, He goes, "Well, what do you mean?" Well, the first thing He told us in the text is, we need to what? First of all, we need to watch and wait. We need to be ready. And if I could just say this to you before I jump into the text, the, the, the crazier the world gets It seems like the more asleep the church gets. Hey. Hey, did you see what's going on in the Middle East? Huh? What's happening? What, what's ha- hey, did you see Did you see what's happening over here? Did you see how this is? What? No. <laughs> no, we're good. And, 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 and as the pastor, I'm going, guys, listen, it's almost time. You see, prior to 2020, when I believed the Lord got our attention, I think we were all just kind of asleep. Okay, Lord, whenever let's just let's just build a church. Come on, here we go. Now, now, as we'll see today, we need to watch. We need to be ready. We need to not lose opportunities. We not we not um, we need to embrace divine opportunities everywhere we go. We need to look for them. We need to say, Oh, I need to be ready. I need to be ready. Well, Pastor, time out. I don't know about this divine opportunity. I don't know that much about the Bible. What am I going to say? You allow the Spirit just to love on these people. But Pastor, they're asleep. I know they are. And it's time to hit the
1: alarm. It's time to wake up.
0: It's time to wake up. You go, well, what should we do? Well, while we're waiting, guys, we're supposed to use our talents. Okay? Now, remember last week we said talents represent opportunities to use our abilities to serve Christ. Now, if you are a single mom in here, or you are just a mom with little ones at home, that's a ministry. That's a ministry. A ministry is you're doing your unto the Lord. That's okay. Oh, I'm supposed to be serving at the church, and I can't because I've got so much responsibilities. No, that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about using an, opportunities and your ability to serve Christ. Now, think about the context of chapter 25. Two weeks ago, we were encouraged to keep the oil in our lamps as we wait on the earth for the Lord's return. Let me ask you a question. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4.15, the Lord is going to descend with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. Okay? Rosh Hashanah is coming up in two weeks. That might be the trumpet of God. Wait a minute, I went to Calvary, and he said that the the Lord is coming back into... No, that's not what I said, okay? Don't send me an email. But what I'm saying is, it says with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we who are alive and remain... How many of you are alive and remain? (laughs) I hope so, right? We're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That's going to be amazing. You see... Our little finite brains can't imagine how that's going to go down. We're just going to be doing our thing. It's like, okay. And some of you are going to be like, I don't want to go to the grocery store today. I just don't want to go. And you're going to be walking through the grocery store and you're going to hear the trumpet. And it's going to boom. You're going to be gone. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. Think about what God's going to do. Think about all the beautiful Christians in the hospital that are suffering right now that are going to be instantaneously gone you know healed instantly think about us older folks right who hurt all over <laughs> we can't even get up and we'll... okay hold on what happened i just got up <sighs> amen that's what i'm saying right did you Yeah, come on. Those of you that laugh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The young kids are like, hurt? What are you talking about? But we're to keep the oil in our lamps, guys, because the Lord is coming back. The Lord is coming back. And last week, we talked and we learned that we're to occupy until he returns. We talked about the servants who were given talents. Now, in the text, talents were money. Okay, And they were commanded to do business until Jesus came back. In other words, they're, they're commanded to do ministry. What kind of ministry? We're supposed to, to share and to love and to give as we wait for the Lord. We're not supposed to just take our little, okay, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. What are you going to do? I'm just going to sit here and wait for the Lord. Are you going to share anything? No, 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 no. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm just going to sit right here. We, we don't do that. We Listen, can I just tell you this? God saved you for a reason. He saved you because he loves you, but he saved you because he is. You, you have a mouth, and you have a great personality, and you have a gifting, and he wants you to share that love with people. He, he's going, he wants to use us. Guys, listen, he could write it in the sky, which he's going to do in the tribulation, but he could write the gospel in the sky. He could do crazy, amazing, miraculous things to get people to He uses us. And he puts us on platforms, and and we're standing before people, or we're one-on-one, and we say, hey, I know you're going through a rough time. I've been there, and I share with you what Jesus has done for me. You see, again, think about it, guys. This is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be sharing. Church, listen, this is our finest hour. This is where we need to be winning more. The battle is real. It's fierce out there. It's incredible. But this is where we step up and we go, okay, how do I share? I got to share. I got to share. Share what? Share all that you have. Give. You go, I knew it. I knew it. They invited me to church. Pastor was talking about giving. He's going to talk about giving money. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going in and, and giving people who need it. Go to, go to the grocery store. Bless people. What are you going to do with it anyway? And what about what about I mean
1: just 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 doing ministry. Doing ministry.
0: Praying for people. You know what? You know what people need more than anything? They need somebody to tell them how much they value, how much we value them, how much they're loved. Imagine a world where every one of us in this room said, you know what? I'm going to take it upon myself to just bless people and love on them. I don't want anything in return. I just, I'm just going to love. I'm going to tell them. Every one of us in this room wants to feel some sort of value. Am I worth it? Am I here? What? Am I loved? And when you feel the love of Jesus, that's what makes you want to keep coming back. Oh, yes. Yes. It's incredible how the church works. You go, what do you mean? It's incredible how the church works when all of a sudden, church, listen to me, you come into a new church and all of a sudden it's nervous because you've never been to a church before and you come in and you're like, what are these people? They're going to judge me. And they love on you? And they love on you to the point
1: where you're like, stop loving on me. Oh. oh,
0: tell a true story. It was a Wednesday night. It was a Wednesday night and Marie came to the church for the first time. Somebody said, hey, go to Calvary Chapel. This is where we go. So she decided to show up on a Wednesday night. And she comes in the door, and, and y'all just loved on her, just loved on her. You loved on her so much, she thought we were on drugs. She's like, there's nobody who can do that. We can through the power of the Holy Spirit. She thought we were on something. And she'll go, she goes, and she, she stayed coming, and she, was, and she just loves and supports this ministry even now, but she'll tell you right now, and it's crazy, I'm like, you thought we were on, we're a church, what do you mean you thought we were on something? Yeah, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Yeah, we love Jesus, okay, come to the back, you know, I mean, I don't know, it's a joke. But I want you to remember, as we do ministry, the things we do, we need to do with the right motive. Everybody say right motive. That's important, okay? We do them because we love the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Yesterday morning, we had a security meeting for the children's ministry. 10.30 on a Saturday morning,
1: all the teachers were here. And you
0: know what I thought? They're here because they love Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, they... they. Want to learn how to protect our kids? I get that, but you know they're in children's ministry because they love Jesus, and and that's exactly what this is about. We we want to do well. You know what? I had to go. My husband made me go. My wife told me if I don't go, no, 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 we go because we love the Lord. This is what I want to do.
1: This is what I want to do.
0: You know what the problem was in our text last week? We had one servant who didn't even do any business. And he hid his talent while the master's away. L- let me let me draw this your attention to, okay? I think it's going to be on the screen. Matthew twenty five twenty nine through 30, in the New Living Translation, says this. To those who use what they are given, even more will be given to them, and they will have abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there is weeping and gnashing, of teeth. So what happened? The servant who just hit it? I, I want you to think about this for a second, guys. I'm going to take you on a different path before we jump into our text, okay? You know how the Lord speaks to you. I, I was thinking about the. I'm always thinking about the text, but I started thinking about this this morning. The text says that the wicked servant, this servant... He didn't do any business. He went and hid the talent. He went and hid his money. And then he tells the Lord, the master, who we know as the Lord, he says, well, look what he says. He says, I know you to be a hard man.
1: And I was like, hard man. And then,
0: And then the Lord started to speak to me. I wonder how many of us, in the body of Christ, think God is a hard taskmaster. And that we're not free to serve him in the amazing, most wonderful, under the power of grace, because we think he's a hard man. And if we just get out of line for a second, he's going to.
1: That's not freedom, is it? I want to serve the
0: Lord. Listen to me. I want to serve the Lord because I love him. Because he's my everything. Not because if I oh if I step out of line, I'm not going to go to heaven. That's, that's not who God is. I want you to think about this for a second, okay? I want you to think about your life, okay? And I want you to remember what Jesus did. He took a beating for you.
1: 39 times they ripped his flesh off. Hoping he would die. And then he was nailed to a cross. And then he was stabbed. And all the while, you were on his mind. You individually were on his mind. Lord
0: Jesus, why are you doing this? Because I love them. I love them. I'll take the penalty. He's not a hard taskmaster. He's a loving Savior who has a great plan, but he wants you to live free. And what do I mean by live free? You serve him because you love him, not because somebody's making you, not because, not because you feel guilty, not because you just you go, Lord, I love you. It was St. Augustine who said, he said, you know what? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and then do anything you want to do after that. Go out and do whatever you want to do. And they went to him and they said, what do you mean? He says, if you love the Lord with everything, everything that's in you, you're not going to want to do things that are contrary to him or the sinful to him. You're not going to want to do those things.
1: You're going to want to go, I love him. Do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that.
0: So he leaves that with... Outer darkness, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, back in our text, the scene changes. Now, here's what I want to take you. I want to take you to the end of the tribulation, okay? So the end of the tribulation period is known as the sheep and the goats judgment, okay? The sheep and the goats judgment. And I know if you ever grew up in church, you're thinking, well, there has to be a final judgment. But most of us believe the battle of Armageddon is the final judgment. But there's actually one after that. There's one after that. There's a future judgment. So what I thought, let me, let me do this. It's going to be a long intro, but I want to give you the foundation of what's going to happen next. I want to give you the timeline, and I want to give you the war and the judgment to follow so you understand where we're headed. Okay? Okay. So, there are three of them. If you're taking note, this is what's going to happen next. Number one, we're going to see the Bema Seat Judgment. The Bema Seat Judgment. And you can actually put next to that Ezekiel 38 and 39. The Bema Seat, that's what's going to happen next. After that is called the Battle of Armageddon. This is the sheep and the goats judgment. The Battle of Armageddon. Then, after that, the third is called the Great White Throne Judgment. And this, you can write next to, is the final battle. This is what's going to befall mankind in the coming days. In the coming days. So let's start with the first of the future battles. You go, what is it? This is known as, again, this is known as the Ezekiel 38 and 39 battle okay and it's also called the Bema, the Bema seat judgment now again i just want to give you a timeline so you know what's going to happen next you go what's the timeline the next major battle on the horizon is known as ezekiel 38 and 39 battle this is a war that's going to go down this is when russia Iran, Turkey, with a couple of other, there's smaller countries in there, but the three majors is Iran, Turkey, and Russia are going to invade Israel. We don't know why. It could be oil. It could be food. I don't know why, but we know that they're going to be pulled into this war. Now, what you need to understand is Israel will not be ready. They will have no ground troops. They will have no air support. is going to step in in this battle and wipe that coalition out and everyone in the world is going to go wow what that's what's going to happen next in our world now we have covered ezekiel 38 and 39 in depth we've talked about libya we've talked about all the coalitions and we talked all about this But here's what you need to know. This battle is right around the corner. It's right around the corner. You go, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out, dude. Really? Seriously? How do you know? How do you know? Here's how I know, okay? Around July 26th of this year, Vladimir Putin, he boarded a plane, and he met with Presidents Hassan Rouhani of Iran and Tayyip Erdogan of Turkey. You go, yeah, what's the big deal? That's a Middle East summit. No, 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 no. You need to understand, these were all enemies. These were people that didn't summit. They didn't talk together. And all of a sudden, he goes, all right, let me get this coalition. Everyone in the Middle East, now, what are we busy? We're busy just, I don't know what we're doing. But we're not paying attention because the summit has worried and had worrisome implications throughout the Middle East. Everybody's going, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And, and and us in the United States are like, Oh, there's the butterfly. Huh. And and we're missing it. Why? Because it's called distraction. If we don't understand what's going on in the Middle East, we don't we, we we don't pay any attention. And that's where the church is asleep. That's where I believe the church goes, Oh, okay. And here's why. Listen, guys, listen, listen, listen. We're trying, and I say worldwide, we're, I mean, just we're just trying to make ends meet. That we don't have time to think about world crises and, and, and Vladimir Putin and, and all this. Now, we'll get the major news. Oh, did you hear about the war? But they, their sworn enemies are now BFF. This just happened a month ago. Don't kid yourself. And you go, okay, well, what's the point? This is going to happen. Now, here's what I want to bring up. We don't know if the rapture is going to happen right before this war. Or we don't know if we're going to see the war and then we'll be raptured. But we do know this. It's in this general timeline. What does that mean? Well, when I see Putin and and Iran and Turkey holding hands, making alliances, I go, ooh, it's time to go home. It's time to go home. It's getting close. It's
1: getting close. Every day, listen. Tick, tock, tick,
0: tock, tick, tock. It's it's getting close. It's getting close. Now, what should that do? When we see this, it should encourage us to be prayer warriors. To be on our face before God asking for direction. It should be encouraging us to do ministry while we wait. And it should be encouraging us to be sharing with our family and our friends
1: and our loved ones.
0: We don't have to know everything that's going down, but we just have to have that sense of urgency, please. You go, well, Ben, okay. So let's just say, what, what, what if the, this Ezekiel war doesn't happen for 10 years? I don't understand Why, Russia and Iran and Libya and all these guys are getting together and having this summit if it's going to happen in 10 years. It's going to happen quick. But let's just say it's 10 years. Well, then God's grace gives you 10 years to do what he's called you to do. To share. To love. To give. To be all that he's called you to be. Now listen, every one of you in this room has a purpose. You were born with a purpose. God has a purpose in your life. And you have a purpose, and he wants to develop that purpose and use it in these last days. You see, there's so many Christians out there walking around going, I have no purpose, I have no, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And God's going, no, you do, and I've given you a gifting. I've given you a gifting.
1: I've given you a gifting.
0: So guess what happens? The Ezekiel 38 and 39 war happens. Let's just say we're raptured right before. All of a sudden, we're doing what we're doing, okay? And we hear this trumpet, and we hear it in our spirit, and we're gone. We're gone. Next thing you know, guess where we are? We're at the marriage supper of the Lamb, okay? This is also going to be the Bema Seat. It's called the Bema Seat, Okay. And these are where devoted followers of Jesus will be raptured and we're going to enjoy this marriage supper and then we're going to experience the Bema Seat Judgment. Now, when you hear the word judgment, don't think of it like, oh, no. But it's going to be more of what did we do while we waited? What did you do? Did you minister? And we're going to see this, okay? Okay. Now, jot this down. Romans chapter 14, 10 through 12, Paul writes, But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat. That's the word bema. The word, the bema seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. So each one of you shall give an account of himself to God. Do you understand that church? Do you understand when you're saved, you're going to give an account to the Lord of everything that you did? Pastor Ben, yes sir, why were you a pastor? Oh, I thought you called me Lord. Did you do it because you loved me or was there another motive? You see, i got to give an account. But he's also going to say, did you, did you teach my word properly? Did you unpack it right? What was your motive? Did you want to fill every blue chair that you compromised the Word of God? No, 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 Lord. Every one of us, myself. Now, as a pastor, we're going to give even a greater account for y'all. You understand that? Can I ask you to pray for your pastors? I have to stand before God, and He's going to say, "What did you, what did you tell Ben? What did you tell Ben Carr? Did you tell him the truth? Oh, uh, I have to give an account for Ben." Ben's- no 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 you're the shepherd be a shepherd i'm a shepherd you see that's why it's called considered a calling and not a vocation because i don't think anybody would want to do this i mean i have to give account for joe joe Mabry. oh my gosh that'll give you white hairs as it is no i'm kidding joe i'm kidding i'm kidding love you buddy love you but every one of us is going to give an account and Paul goes on to write about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 10, and 11. He says, For we must all appear, all, before the judgment seat of Christ. Now he's talking about all. He's talking about those that have been harpazoed up to heaven. And each one may receive the things he's done in the body according to what he has done, whether, what's that word, guys? Good or bad. Have you ever done ministry with the wrong
1: motive? The Lord knows. The Lord
0: knows. And he says, "Okay, let's 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 roll the tape." Uh-uh. Nuh-uh, I'm good, Lord. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just happy to be here. I'm good. I'm good. I made it. No, nah, yeah. Just give my crown to somebody else. No, but but think about this. Now, I want you to circle that word for bad because it doesn't mean that it's like, oh, it means worthless intrinsically. That's what the word means in a natural way. It's worthless. So some of the stuff that we do is good and some of the stuff we do is just really worthless intrinsically. This is known as the Bema Seat Judgment. This is not, listen to me, this is not about salvation. The Lord's not going to go, okay, Melanie, let's see. Oh, pass or fail, fail. You're, no, the, she's our, once we're saved, we're, we're with him. It's just going to be like, wow, Melanie. And I think the rest of us are going to be just like, wow. And some of us might be just heartbroken going, Lord, I could have done more. I should have done more. Lord, I remember when you were prompting me just a little bit to to minister to the cashier. Lord, I remember you were prompting me just to... But but I'm here, and the Lord says, you're here. It's okay. But I just want to share with you, this is, this is what we're going to be. And really, the motive is, I love you, Lord, so help me to do what you've called me to do. What are you supposed to be doing while you're here sick and while you're homesick? What are you supposed to be doing? What are you supposed to be doing? And that's what he wants us to do. The next major battle, the seven years of tribulation, is going to be um, what we call the battle of Armageddon. And this is the second coming of Jesus. Most people know this is the final battle. But for some reason, I want you to think about Armageddon. If you go with us to Israel, you can look over the land of Megiddo and you can see this beautiful valley where this battle is going to take place. It's going to take place after the seven years. Okay? Could you imagine if for just a moment what this world is going to look like? It has been beat up, God's judgment, Satan's wrath, whatever is going to happen for seven years. And then we have this final. And I, and I stopped to think, and here's what I wrote in my notes. For some reason, man believes he can defeat God, and he lines up for war in the Valley of Megiddo. For some reason, man goes, I can take on God.
1: But the Battle of Armageddon
0: refers to the final war between human governments and God. These governments and their supporters oppose God even now by refusing to submit to his rulership. The Battle of Armageddon will bring human rulership to an end. Can we not see government raising its ugly head? Come on, somebody. Can we not see that? Will Armageddon be the end of the world? No, because the Lord's going to reign for a thousand years on this world, okay? So we know that there's this battle, but after this battle happens, it's a crazy battle. The Bible says that there's going to be blood as high as the horse's bridle flowing from this battle. Wow, a lot of blood, a lot of blood. You with me? What happens is now, let's go to heaven, this is going to be, the, the after this battle, is the sheep and the goats judgment, what we're going to look at today. okay? We'll get to it eventually, I promise. But the final battle, the final battle is not the sheep and the goats. It's called the great white throne judgment. At the end of a thousand years, the Lord... I don't know why. He's going to let Satan out for one more final battle to deceive the nations. Okay, He's going to be loose from the bottomless pit, and here's what happens in heaven. This is the final judgment. Okay, Revelation 20, 11-13, John writes, When I saw the great white throne and him who sat on it from the face of the earth, heaven fled away, for there was, no, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to the works by the things that were written in the books. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it, death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Now, that's not you, you're already saved you're already in heaven. If you are a fully devoted follower of God today, you're already in heaven. This is not, you're not going to stand before in the great white throne judgment. Now, if you are a goat in here today, and I don't mean the greatest of all time. Okay. That's not what I mean. If you are a goat, and I mean no disrespect to you in that at all, that you had not given your heart to Jesus. hundred percent. You've not fully committed your life to him. You don't want to be at this judgment. This is not a judgment where you go, oh, I tried to be good, Lord. I smiled and I helped a little old lady across the street. Are you kidding me? That's not the judgment. This is the books are open and they're going to go, hmm, is your name here? Your name's not here. And it's actually where you're going to be cast into the lake of fire. You don't want to be. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I wrote. You don't want to be at this judgment or let me say it like this. You don't have to be at this judgment. You don't have to be. All it takes, listen to me, is one sincere prayer. One sincere prayer or belief. Why? Because words alone aren't sufficient to save. If we just pray and we don't mean it and there's nothing and nothing, then it's just a prayer. Okay, I I said some words. I'm saved now, right? I'm saved? I'm saved. No, no, no. It's a sincere prayer unbelief. belief. You must be born again. And then you go to the Bema seat. You go, well, Ben, 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 listen, if I get saved today, I won't have any rewards. You know what I say? That's okay, because you're eternally saved. You're eternally saved. That's all that matters. Why? It's not about the rewards. We don't pastor churches. We don't give to the poor. We don't have charity. We don't do all this because we want rewards. We do it because we love Jesus. That's the goal. That's the motive. That's the motive. Now, you, had three, you have three battles, okay? Now, let me take you back, okay? That was a long intro. I promise we'll move pretty fast. You're like, oh my gosh, she hasn't even got to the text and it's 11.08. Don't worry, we're going to move through the text pretty fast. But you have a foundation, don't you? Okay, so let's go back to the end of the tribulation. Jesus here is warning us again. Okay. Once again, we learned the difference between a sheep and a goat. One sincere prayer. One sincere prayer. Okay, church, you have the timeline. This is at a second coming. We've been raptured. We've been eating filet mignon and having a great time in heaven for seven years. It's amazing. Why? Because there's no calories in heaven. We have our glorified bodies. So, yeah. We don't have to worry about that, that uh, chocolate cake. With ice cream, (laughs) we don't have to worry about that. And then seven years go by and the Lord comes back. Okay, here's what happens. Ready? Now, notice what he says. Verse 31. And when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, he will sit on the throne of his glory. When When is the timeline, church? This is after the seven years. This is when the Lord comes back. But what I want you to see, and I want you to circle, this is at his second coming, but he says he's going to sit down on his throne of glory. Do you guys see the word glory there? Circle that word if you want to in your Bible. You can write, it's doxa in the Greek, doxa. But here's what it means. It means dignity, honor, worship. It means um, judicial authority. You go, Pastor, what do you mean? This is the place of only God could be. What do you mean? Well, Jesus is going to take his place as God. And I thought that was interesting because you'll have people today come up to you and say, well, Jesus never said he was God. No, many times if you'll study the scripture, you'll see that Jesus is God. And he says, when the Son of Man, that's a term of, uh, that's a messianic term, comes and sit in his doxa on the place that only God can sit, he says, and all the angels with him, Guess who else is with them?
1: Us. We're with them too. Did you realize that the angels are
0: coming back too? That's going to be super cool. That's going to be super cool. So listen, listen. Very quickly, it tells you what happens when Jesus comes back on earth. You go, what happens? Now, when he comes down with us, okay, the Bible said he's going to set his foot on the Mount of Olives. When he sets his foot on the Mount of Olives, it's going to crumble. Okay, The Mount of Olives is going to crumble. It's going to... Okay, It says that the Dead Sea is now going to come back to life. That there's nothing in the Dead Sea and all of a sudden you have this river of living water flowing into the Dead Sea and it's going to be alive again. But it also says that mountains around the world are going to crumble. We won't have any mountains. That's how powerful the Lord is going to come back. So when people go, Hey! Jesus is over here. No, no, no. Jesus is over. No, 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 no. When he comes back after the seven years and he sets his foot on the Mount of Olives, you will know it, won't we? And the people on earth who decide to stick around for the tribulation, I hope none of you are one of them, will realize, wow, that's God. That's God. Okay? So all of a sudden, boom, there he is. Okay? Um, think about it. This is going to be set up his throne of glory. Do you realize that you are going to have a glorified body much like Jesus had? You go, what does that mean? I don't know. I think it's going to be super cool, though. I think we're going to be able to travel at the speed of thought. You know, hey, sorry, I'll be right back. The Lord wants me in Jerusalem. Okay, I'm back. How did that go? Awesome. We'll be able to walk through walls. Can you imagine? Nobody will ever talk behind your back again. Well, let me tell you about, excuse me, oh, you're here? (laughs) Didn't see you come in the door, that's because I came through the wall. Didn't Jesus do that? Didn't he just show up? I think that's cool. That's cool. Well, what's it really going to be like? I don't know, but I'm excited to see. Okay, so what happens? Back in our study, verse 32. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from, from another, as the shepherd divides his sheep and the goats. He will set the sheep on his right hand, and he will set the goats on his left. Now, this is a neat picture that everybody that Jesus was talking to would understand. We don't get it, but why? Because when a shepherd in the Middle East would separate the sheep from the goats, when they brought the flocks back at the end of the day, typically he would put the goats in a sheltered area, and he would leave the sheep in an open-air pen. So, very different. So what the Lord says, he goes, he's going to put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Now, just to be clear, sheep here is not the church, but those who get saved and make it through the seven years of hell on earth. You understand that? Yes, some will make it through, but most will have to die for their faith in Christ. You understand that? Okay? That's the sheep. It's not us. But there are going to be people who realize and know enough of the word that they're going to hide and somehow make it through seven years. The majority are going to be beheaded for their faith. You understand that? Why? Well, it's so simple. Why? Because people go, I'll just just handle it through the tribulation. I'll just, no, 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 no. If you can't serve the Lord now, what makes you think you're going to die for him then? So again, think about it. Well, Ben, Ben, I got a question. Who are the goats? These are the unregenerate unbelievers who, now listen, who may or may have not taken the mark of the beast. Biblically, they are those who do not know Jesus nor would care for those who do. You could say they are selfish, self-centered people who are make it through the tribulation. You understand. Let me, give you, let me give you some groups. Number one, you're going to have a group of people that go, no, 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 I don't want the mark. And the word cause there means you're going to have to take it or you will die. So a lot of Christians are going to go, no, 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 I don't want the mark. I, I love Jesus. And they're going to die for their faith. They're called tribulation saints. Then you're going to have a group of people that go, I don't know about this Jesus thing. I don't know about this God thing, but um, I'm not taking the mark. I'm not taking the mark. Okay. they might make it through. Then you're going to have those who take the mark, be condemned, make it through the the tribulation. And then you're going to have those who take the mark, who don't make it through, who are condemned to hell. You understand? Lots of people here. Lots of people. So you go, oh wow, that's a lot of people. Let me set the scene. During the tribulation, the Bible says many are going to come to know the Lord. In a real way but they're going to be baby Christians. Do you remember when you first got saved? You didn't know anything about the Bible, and you're going to have baby Christians, and they're not going to know the word. But the Spirit of God is going to dwell in them, and as the way he dwells in us now. Wait a minute, Pastor. I thought you said the Spirit has taken off the Gentiles. As a whole, yes, the church is gone, and the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit has now put on the Jewish, but he's still going to indwell believers. You go, okay, okay. So what's he going to say? Verse 34, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for me from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous, notice how he calls them righteous, will answer saying, Lord, When did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. When when does this take place? At the second coming, this is the sheep and the goats. Now, what we do is there's a double application here. The church looks at this and goes, okay, we need to be about ministry. We need to be about helping those. We need to have a blessing bag ministry. We need to have a prison ministry. We need to have a homeless ministry. All of that stuff. That's great. But, but contextually, this happens at the end. You have tribulation saints risking their lives for other tribulation saints. What do you mean? If you don't take the mark, you're a marked person. You understand that? You go, yeah, I got it. You're going to risk, well, what happens if I don't take the mark and they catch me? You're dead. So I'm going to risk my life with the power of the Holy Spirit to minister to my sister. Yeah. That's a big risk. How am I going to go in prison and visit, and minister to people if I don't have the mark. How am I going to do this? Not only that, but think about what they're saying. Lord, we, we recognize that face. I would know if we saw you. He goes, no, 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 because you did it, because of your motivation and your love for people. The same motivation and love I have, what did he say? He says, I'm going <laughs> to, you did it to me. You did it to me, and they're like, whoa, no. Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as much as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me, and I'd be going, wow. But I think, isn't that going to be incredible? For seven years, you're going to be on the run, hiding and freaking out, but yet that's not enough to deter you from serving your brother and your sister.
1: See, we don't, we don't have to worry
0: now church we don't have to worry now this is what we should be doing now we should be loving our brother and our sister and we should be going man let's minister to them let's minister to them how so well think about it man when they're sick when, when you know i mean if they need clothes they need food This is what we're here for well pastor that's what the church is for no 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 that's what every one of us is for if we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, he'll knock on your heart and he'll say, hey,
1: I want you to write a check to uh, to them. I've blessed you. Okay, Lord. There you go.
0: I want you to go buy their groceries for them. They could use a break. I want you to, I just want you to go have a cup of coffee and listen to them. They just need somebody to talk to. That's all? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Guys, during the darkest time in the world's history, you're going to have born-again believers helping many in need with food, clothing, and shelter. Imagine what courage that's going to take. What courage that's going to take. You see, if they get caught, it meant both. And, then, and now, now, okay, so wrap your, mind, wrap your mind around the Holocaust and how many people risked their lives to save many. hid them.
1: Fast forward to 2020 and think about how many people risked their lives.
0: You go, Pastor, what do you mean? It was January 1st, I got a call from Joe Mabry, and he said, hey, uh, can you come over and pray for my wife? She's not doing too good. Now, Beverly had been suffering with COVID for a while. And he tells me, Ben, I've got, I've got, N95 masks, I've got gloves, I've got this, I've got this, but she just needs prayer. She's asking for you. I said, Joe, I'll be right there. Joe told me, I, don't, I understand if you, if you don't want to. I understand if, with COVID and everything. You know what? Nothing. and I jumped in the truck. We drove over there. We walked straight in past the mass. went to Beverly and prayed with her.
1: Were you afraid of COVID? We weren't afraid of COVID. was it worth the risk absolutely absolutely
0: why because people that's what they mean to us that's what they mean and this is this is what they're going to be doing but then now Jesus turns and he's going to address the goats notice what he says in verse 41 then he also say to those on his left hand depart from me you cursed where to an everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, if you're an underliner, underline that verse. You go, why? Because I want to tell you this. There are many people who will tell you that God sends people to hell. God doesn't send anyone to hell. As a matter of fact, right here the Bible tells us that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels, not us. Not us. When God prepared hell, he prepared them for that. Man chooses to go there. He chooses to go there.
1: it was never created for you
0: But yet, many people are going to end up there because they won't swallow their pride, and they'll say no i i can't I can't give my life to god i'll I'll lose all of my your what your what well, notice verse forty-two. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you didn't take me in. Naked and you didn't clothe me. Sick and in prison, you didn't visit me. Then they will also answer him, saying, "Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? We would have, we would have definitely recognized you, Lord. Seriously, I don't know when you were naked or sick, sick and, or in prison and didn't minister to you. Then he will answer him and say, "Assuredly, I say to you, as much as you did not do it to the least of these." You did not do it to me. And I wonder if, if, if with the sheep and the goats judgment, if he, if he points over to to the sheep, hey, hey, as much as you didn't do it to the least of these, you didn't do it to me. You didn't do it to me. And he says, and these will go away into everlasting punishment. But the righteous, the sheep, into eternal life. Into eternal life. Here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. Very important. Both the sheep and the goats, listen to me, have eternal
1: life. You go, what does that
0: mean? Well, for the goat, for someone who's unregenerate, who hasn't given their life to the Lord, he says, you're going to go to everlasting punishment. For the sheep, he says, you're going to go to everlasting life
1: with God. Everlasting life.
0: So as we close, told you it went by fast. As we close, let me be clear: the difference between a sheep and a goat is one sincere prayer. One sincere prayer. Now let's put things in perspective, okay? Stay, don't, don't you got to stay paying attention because when the pastor says let's close, everybody zip, zip and they want to get out of here. This is the most important part. You ready? If you are here today and you are a fully devoted follower of Christ, you are his disciple. Then my encouragement to you is to keep watching, keep waiting, keep looking up for your redemption
1: is drawing
0: close. Okay, okay. Keep watching, keep doing ministry. If you're here today, listen to me, and the Lord has quickened your heart to move, move, move from being simply an attender to being a disciple, then my prayer for you is that you would pray today and move forward. Lord, I'm going to start serving. I'm going to start giving. I'm going to plug in. I'm going to live for Jesus. Whatever it
1: means for you. It might mean that you go home and you get rid of
0: some things in your house that you need to get rid of. For you, it might mean you go to your house and you get rid of some stuff in the fridge that you need to get rid of. I'm done with that. I'm going to follow Jesus. I don't want to compromise anymore. I'm going to follow. I don't know what it might be. But you're going to move from simply attending church to being a fully devoted follower of Jesus. I pray for you. But if you're here today, and you realized,
1: Pastor, I might be a goat. I might be a goat. You were saying some things, and it made
0: me realize I haven't completely given my heart and life to Jesus. I haven't. Well, I have some good news for you. Today is your day. You see, because today I want to lead you in a prayer that will change you from a goat to a sheep. And you can bypass all of this and go with us to heaven. You see, there's a bus outside waiting to go to heaven. And the Lord is saying, you want to be on that? You go, what do I have to do? In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to a prayer, just a prayer. You go, well, Ben, you said that words alone aren't sufficient to save. They're not. That's why I call it a sincere prayer. But what you're doing is much like a wedding You're you're speaking your wedding vows back to God. God, I love you. Please forgive me. I love you. Come into my heart. Save me. I'm going to follow you. And the Lord will come in, and he will do
1: an incredible work.
0: Maybe you're here today, and you do, you desperately do want to move from a goat to a sheep. Oh, Lord, I want to.
1: Imagine a world
0: where a goat when presented with an opportunity to be transformed miraculously into a sheep. And all you have to do is make that choice. I'm going to do that today. But it's between you and God. It has to be the Lord. And I can tell you what's happening in your life right now. Right now your heart's beating fast and you're going, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. I thought I was saved, but I'm not really sure. Well, today you can be sure. And you can know, you can leave this building going, I've made that commitment, I'm going to follow Jesus. And then we always pray this prayer, forever
1: I'm yours in Jesus' name. It's between you and the Lord. If you're a sheep here,
0: welcome to the family, okay? But if you're a goat... I want to give you an opportunity to be a sheep. Would you do that with me? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love. We thank you for your mercy today. We thank you, Lord, for, God, Lord, this time, and just a, a quick Bible study,
1: but a great foundation. Lord, I pray that none of us in this room would ever see the sheep and the goat judgment. None of us in this room would ever enter the great white throne judgment. That today they would surrender their life to you. And and Lord,
0: right now through the power of your Holy Spirit, you're working on people's hearts. And so I pray, and I'll give, I'll just, Lord, just, uh, just a minute to let you move and work.
1: So with every eye closed and every head bowed,
0: how many of you would say, Pastor Ben, would you pray for me? I want to surrender my life to God. I, I, I think I'm a goat, but I want to be sure that I'm a, I'm a sheep today. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm saved, but I want to be. Would you pray for me? And I want you to lift up your hand. And you go, why do I have to lift up my hand? Because I want God to see your heart. When God sees your heart, he sees the sincerity of your heart, then he begins to move and bring you to a place where you you can pray this prayer. But you have to take that first step. If you're here this morning and God is speaking to you, he has been speaking to you throughout the whole message, would you just lift up your hand right now say, Pastor, pray for me. I just want to make sure I'm saved. God bless you, my friend, right in front. That's my brother. God bless you. Over here to my right.
1: Anyone else? God bless you. I see
0: you to my right. Anyone else? This is between you and the Lord. You just need to lift to you. Oh, Lord, I'm just, this, this is it. I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to be a goat. I'm going to be, a, I want to be a sheep. God bless you. I see you. Okay. Awesome. Anyone else? Anyone else? Keep your hands high. I'm going to pray for you. Keep your hands high so, so the Lord can see. No one else to see. I got you. God bless you. Father, I pray for these hands that were raised. Lord, you're moving in their heart. This is a work of you. This is a work of you. And I pray for them. I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would understand your word and completely understand what they're doing today. And Lord, it's just not simply about going to heaven, but it's about following you and loving you.
1: And I pray for them.
0: Now, if you lifted up your hand and you're sincere about God, would you just pray this prayer with me? Would you just say, Lord Jesus,
1: I'm sorry for my sin.
0: Lord, you're not, you're not a harsh man. You're not a harsh taskmaster. You're a loving God who's merciful. I believe that you died for me. I believe you died on the cross and you resurrected and you're coming back soon. I believe that. But I need help, Lord. I can't do it on my own. I've struggled as a goat and I just need to be a sheep. So here's what I'm asking you in Jesus' name. Will you come into my heart? Will you take over completely? I give you my life. I'm, I'm a Christian now. I'm, I'm going to follow you. And I'm asking you to be my Lord, to be my God, to be my Savior, and to be my friend. I choose this day to follow you, Jesus, for forever I'm yours. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, can we welcome to the family of God? <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. All your sins are forgiven. All your sins, past, present, future, All the Lord Jesus has just come in your heart and he's given you a brand new heart. Now you go, I don't know what to do. The first thing you need to do is tell somebody, I got saved today. What does that mean? I don't know, but I got saved. Jesus in my heart. Cool, cool. Don't be ashamed of him. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make right here today. Amen. <laughs>